1: Thank you for your presence today. The Bible beautifully describes the creation of the first man, woman, and marriage. God made the heavens and the earth with us in mind. Then he made man in his image and breathed into him the breath of life to care for the universe he created. If that wasn't enough, he made woman from the rib of man to complement him. And with God's blessings, they became husband and wife. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander articulates this beautiful truth from the Holy Scriptures.
2: See, God's criteria for submission is this. Submission does not cancel out equality. Wow, that gets bigger. Submission does not cancel out equality. Just because the husband is the head of the wife doesn't mean that the wife is inferior or is of lesser importance than the husband. Do you understand that, husband? Say amen. Amen. I want to make sure you get it. Just because the husband is the head of the wife doesn't mean that the wife is inferior or is of lesser importance than the husband. You know, you don't walk around saying, I'm the head of this house. you don't have to make announcements any more than I have to say, I'm the pastor of this church. You've never heard me say that. If you don't know that by now, something's wrong with you. (laughs) I don't have to announce who I am to you. I just need to be that. That's right. You be the husband. You be the wife. You don't have to announce it. Just carry out your responsibility to the glory of Almighty God. Though the roles are different in marriage, in the sight of God we are both equal. Different roles, but yet we are both equal. Genesis 1:27 says so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them. Them, you're both living souls. You're male and female not male and male, not female and female, male and what? Female, married together in holy matrimony to the glory of God. There's no reversing of the roles according to the scripture. I don't care what the legislatures and the laws of the land are passing. The laws of the land does not not overrule the word of God. We have to stand on the word of God. Because if we let the word go, what else do we have? This is especially challenging for military families when the returning member reintegrates into the family and the roles have, have to be reestablished. You get the man been away for six months, a year, and the, the wife has been home taking care of the kids, doing the groceries, reading the Bible to them, taking them to school, and all and all of a sudden hubby is back home who's been away all that time. Then she's going to have to allow him to integrate, and she has to let allow him to take his rightful place as the head of that house, and it's going to be sometimes difficult because you've been running it all for the last year. You're still in the go mode, and the man coming home needs to understand that, and the wife shouldn't be saying, well, where you been? I've been doing it all since you've been gone. Shut up and sit down. No, you don't say that. <laughs> no, you don't say that, honey. I'm going to let you catch your breath. Uh, you know? <laughs> And I'm going to let you breathe, but I'm going to let you have your God-given role as the head of the house for the glory of God. Amen? A D. Submission is for both husbands and wives. Submission is for both husbands and wives. Just as the wife is to submit to her husband, the husband is also to submit to the needs of his wife because of his sacrificial love for her. Galatians 5.13 says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. You don't use your headship uh, for an opportunity for the flesh. I'm the head of this house, woman. You're going to do what I say, and you're going to use her as a doormat to be stepped all over. That is not being the head of the house. It is not. The scripture says, but through love serve one another. That husband should be serving and ministering to the wife. That wife should be serving and ministering to the husband. You're seeking each other's interest to the glory of God with gentleness and with respect to the glory of Almighty God. The Bible has it very succinct and clear. We just need to adjust our lives to the authoritative word of the living God. What's God's criteria for submission? E. Submission does not mean that the husband should ask their wives to do something that violates Scripture. The husband should never ask the wife to do anything simply because he's the head of the home to violate scripture. By the way, wives, should the husband ask the wife to do something unbiblical, it is at that point that she is to obey God rather than man. For example, if your husband asks you to cheat on your taxes, don't you cheat. That's not honorable to the Lord. Look how quiet it's getting now. Tax time will be here in a few months, Right? Okay, a wife, you should not hide his evil acts or vice versa. You should not hide his evil acts. Uh, He should not force you to lie. That's right. He shouldn't force you to steal from anybody else, including God. Why you got to give all that to the church, to the Lord? You don't take all that. And then you begin to steal from God because your husband is is pressuring you in that way. The scripture says in Acts chapter 5, verse 29a, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Anytime the government asks you to do something that violates scripture, husbands or anybody for us, that matters, asks you to do something that violates scripture, it is that time you take a stand and you be willing to suffer the consequences for your stand for Christ. Amen? Okay, F. Headship is not dictatorship. Headship is not dictatorship. Repeat after me. Headship Headship. is not not dictatorship. Ephesians 5, 23 and 24 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Husbands, when you love your wives sacrificially, You will not rule over her and you will not abuse your authority, but rather you will be her spiritual covering. That's right. A spiritual covering. You're the priest in the house. You're going to pray with your children. You'll pray with your your wife, uh, husbands. You'll lay hand on your wife, lay hands on your children when she's feeling sick, wherever that area is, you lay hands and you pray on her. And you let her know you're sensitive to her illness at that moment in time. You're gentle with her to the glory of God. By the way, you, you will read the scripture to your children. Read the scripture to your grandchildren. Let me tell husbands and fathers, when is the last time your child uh, came into a room and found you on your knees in prayer? Well, that's, see, when, that's being a priest in the home reading the scripture, referencing the scripture. Listen, your love should be so wonderful for your wife. You are the priest in the family. You you love her with a sacrificial love. You are your wife's protector. You are to make her feel safe. That's your goal, to make your wife feel safe. You you will also be her provider. You are to provide for her, provide for your, your children, to make sure that they have their needs met and goals accomplished, and also seek her highest good, her highest good, and she should not exploit that to the glory of God. And then when you have a husband that's doing that, wives, you need to honor him. You need to respect him. You need to love him. You need to give him some perks because he's such a blessing to you. These these men ought to be saying amen. Amen. Now, however those perks come, let them come. Husbands, your love for your wife must not be a cheap love. Don't get her artificial flowers. Okay? Selfless, sacrificial love should cost us something. I got to say it again. Men, say what you want. Say it again. I'm working on these men today. Selfless, sacrificial love should cost us something. Now we're going to number three. How do you know when your marriage is in trouble? When one spouse is miserable, they deliberately seek to irritate and make the other spouse miserable. One spouse is not happy, hell all in the house, and they're going to make your hell stay in the house until their, their, their spouse get unhappy like them. Y'all, look how quiet it's getting in here now. I see y'all hunching each other. (laughs) The husband whistling all around the house, singing Amazing Grace, and she's looking, what's so funny? (laughs) You (laughs) know? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, says to husbands and wives, love does not behave rudely. That means don't walk around here not speaking for two days, sending messages through your children. That's right. (laughs) And then somebody, the phone rang, hey, Sister Jones, how you doing? <laughs> Ooh, that's hypocrisy. You can, hey, Sister Jones, and can't say hello to your husband. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. You don't provoke your husband. You know, some of these men, they fight back because they just provoked. And that's no excuse. Matter of fact, husbands, you must never, ever, ever hit your wife. I say it again. You must never, ever, never, ever, it'd be best for you to go somewhere, settle down, go to the, go, go into the backyard or the pecan tree or something, sit down and start praying. <laughs> That's right. Don't even draw your hand back. Don't even make her feel threatened. She may get on your nerve and she might be as wrong as two left shoes. But don't you do it. Hold your peace and God will bless you and he will get her. Bible says vengeance is mine. I will what? Repay. Oh, y'all know the scripture. Stop being God. Stop being God. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil. (gasps) Oh, God, help me with this. It is often said that misery loves company. It's a terrible thing when one spouse seeks to destroy the peace and joy of the other spouse so that they both can be equally miserable, which is to the detriment of the whole marriage. To the whole marriage. You know? thinks no evil. You'll not be thinking about what evil you can perpetrate against your husband, against your wife. I'm going to get them. Watch watch what I do. And they're getting you too. And listen, you should never ever have a get back spirit toward your wife, toward your children, toward anyone. 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 Number four. The fourth way you can know your marriage is in trouble, when you fail to celebrate Significant events in the life of your spouse and marriage. When you fail to celebrate significant events in your life, in your marriage, such as birthdays, anniversaries, special accomplishments like graduations and other kind of things, degrees, uh, promotions, or whatever they are, celebrate things in the marriage. Celebrate. I remember when my wife... Uh, received her master's degree in uh, in, fa- in family ministry from Oxford. I threw her the biggest surprise party, and she didn't know because she don't like stuff like that, but I want it's hard trying to keep stuff from my wife. My, my son is her uh, over because he know what that was like and I threw her this part because for her to get that degree, it was a lot. You remember that, and your mama was even on that. I mean that thing was not easy for her to get. I had my degrees. I wanted to see her get the, that degree because she was serving in ministry. She was ministering to family, and I wanted her to be as effective as she can be to the glory of God. I celebrated her achievement to the glory of God. Stop letting birthdays by. Oh, by the way, happy birthday. Come on! A card with nothing in it? Come on! And some of you don't even get a card. And then you get a card and you don't even say thank you. Celebrate. Celebrate. Stop boo and crying all over the body and the casket. You didn't celebrate when she was living. That's why you all broke up. Celebrate everything. She cooked the food right. Celebrate. Yeah. celebrate celebrate he, he went to H.E.B. store and got everything on the list celebrate <laughs> he didn't forget to take out the trash this time Celebrate! he was on time after being constantly late that goes for you too wives <laughs> celebrate punctuality yeah. we're going to go out and have a big you, oh, you are on time. <laughs> celebrate. Celebrate. That keeps the life in the marriage. The juice in the marriage. This will encourage your marriage. It will build up your marriage. It will bring value to the marriage. It will show your spouse that you are significant. Romans 12 15a says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Number five, you know your marriage is in trouble when there is a noticeable decline in trust. When there is a noticeable decline in trust. Beloved, trust is the foundation of the marriage, and when it has been violated, it has to be earned through consistency. It has to be earned through honesty. It has to be earned through accountability. And it has to be earned through commitment in the marriage. You, you flirt around with somebody else that's not your spouse, uh, find out somebody committed adultery, found something in a text that was inappropriate, and you, your spouse, your husband, or your wife is hurt, y'all listening now. And then, and then you're repentant, hopefully you are, and you tell her or you tell him, I am so terribly sorry. I've severed the ties of that relationship. I, 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 I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You can say sorry 50 million times, but you need to follow up that sorriness with consistency, with honesty, with accountability, and with commitment. And you can't wait three months later to say, "You ought to be over it now. Oh no shut up! <laughs> She's not over it. Takes time to heal. Now on the other side, once the man's repented or the woman's repented, the wife repented, and, and, and they are moving on, and they are doing the things that makes the marriage whole again. Don't use that as leverage against your spouse. Twenty years from now, remember what you did. You just keep poking them in the eye. You poking up. You just mm mm. You oh yeah, no, no, no. You going back Mm. every time you want something, you you know what you you look, you ought to give me this, but remember what you did? Mm. <laughs> that is evil. And that is selfish. You gotta wanna be made whole. And so don't send your spouse through the grinding mill 20 years later for something he did stupidly, or she 20 years ago, and you won't let it go because you feel like you have the upper hand as if you've been that right yourself. okay? Boy, it's getting quiet in here now. Proverbs 31, 11, and 12 says, the heart of her husband safely trusts her. I love that. The heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil, all the days of her life. A couple more and then we'll be done. Uh, Number six, uh, you know your marriage is in trouble when there is constant conflict over child rearing, such as discipline, co-signing for a car, and college expenses. Few examples, just to name a few. Constant conflict over that kind of thing. Where are we going to worship? What church are we going to go to? I want the children to go to this church. No, I want them to go to that church. I want them to be Catholic. No, I don't want children. to go back and forward and all these kinds of things. Amos 3.3 3 says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Can two walk together unless they, unless they are agreed? As we raise our children, we must not allow them to run interference in our marriage. They know how to play one parent against the other. It's important for parents to be a united front when dealing with the issues of your children. Don't let your children divide you or to play games on you. Be a united front. Matter of fact, don't argue before your children. If you got a disagreement, let them go to school. Let them get out the house. Go play. And you talk about it. But don't sit there and make them nervous over your spats. They shall not see you. They always they'll always see you as a united front. Your kids know when y'all edit and not speaking. They know when some, something's wrong. They read your vibes, and you're teaching them to do their spouse the same way. And it becomes a cycle. And then all of a sudden, your children's marriage is just like yours because that's all they saw. All they know for 20 years in the house. (sighs) Last but not the least, how do you know when your marriage is in trouble? When couples argue and fuss so much until that has become the norm in their marriage, they simply coexist in tension and strife. Wow. Ah, oh, you're fighting over the toothpaste. You want it squeezed from the top? He want it squeezed from the bottom? You know, you're fighting over the toilet paper roll. You want it roll one way. She want it roll the other way. You can't reach and get it this way. And you're fighting over that. Oh, you fight. fight. I mean, you, you grumble at each other. You tear into each other. You just, you're argumentative. Yeah, everything's an issue. Can't get it right. And some of you, you're married, but you're just coexisting. You're looking at each other. I'm, you've been married 40 years. You know, you can't do it without each other. He said, we're going we too, honey, we're going too far to turn back now. <laughs> now go into your room.
0: <laughs>
2: you're just existing. No life. No love, no juice, no sex, no romance, no dating, no anything. Just dry, dry, sick. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> God. Galatians 5:15 says, if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. You will destroy your children. And you know the reason a whole lot of these children are emotionally disturbed, and the school system wanna put ED labels on them, but really they don't need to label, it's the parents that need to label. It's the parents that's emotionally dysfunctional, screaming and hollering all over the house, dropping stuff, slamming doors, screaming to the top of your voice and all of this stuff. You ED! ED parents make ED kids. You settle down. Let the Lord, the Holy Ghost, transform that atmosphere. Your children can study better. That's right, they can think, they can reason, they can dream. They can't dream in chaos and confusion and anger and mess and backbiting and quarreling. How much is enough? And when will you get tired of your mess? And all God's children said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the message. Father, there are military families out here that needed the message. There are husbands and wives and children and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters that need this message. There are in-laws that have become outlaws that need this message in the name of Jesus, transformed by the Holy Ghost. May we get tired of our ways, our selfishness, our independent spirit, our dictatorial ways. Agendas that are not of you.
1: Father,
2: may people come to Jesus. You're the answer for homes and marriages that are in deep trouble. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. And all God's children say. Amen.
1: and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.